And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson flying solo here, uh, at least for a few minutes. I'm going to talk some Browns Colts, uh, talk through what we know about some injury situations and some other things. Uh, then I'm going to have my colleague Zach Kiefer, who does a wonderful job covering the Colts. Uh, we're going to dial him up, bring him in, and talk about Sunday's game. A big game. I mean, what more can you ask for? This was long ago, uh, scheduled for 425. On CBS, two interesting teams uh, and two teams that lost week one. The Browns, no surprise. The Colts lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one. Two teams that have rolled uh, since. The Colts, number one in the NFL in a lot of the defensive categories. The Browns, number one in the NFL in almost every rushing category in turnovers forced and cashing in off those turnovers. They've won three straight. They're three and one for the first time since 2001. As you probably know, if you're listening, and uh, we'll see where they go from here. Certainly a step up in weight class against the Colts defense with the likes of Darius Leonard, of DeForest Buckner. Uh, And the Browns don't have Nick Chubb, which is a huge loss. So I know the Browns have another uh, top-tier running back in Kareem Hunt. They have an offensive line that's just playing really well. They're starting to hit a groove, and they're believing uh, in everything they're doing offensively, from the play caller to the offensive line coach who's been you know, getting praise from all over the place to Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio. Uh, but they're going to face a different challenge here, so we will see. Uh, quarterback has not turned the ball over. He, he was really good in the first half last week distributing the ball. Um, we'd like to. Eventually, he's going to need to throw for more than 200 yards in a game. It is the year 2020, so we will see uh, what happens with that. Look, um, if you're excited about the Browns, you should be. <laughs> you know, these three-game winning streaks, these starts don't come along uh, after week one. I understand if you thought, here we go again. And quite frankly, uh, how they match up with the Ravens does not matter for 10 more weeks. It really doesn't. Um, and next week is totally different story. You go to Pittsburgh, and I've been saying and writing for months that the Browns will be back when they win in Heinz Field. But here's a little secret. You don't need to beat those teams to make the playoffs. You got all sorts of other games and all sorts of other opportunities, a lot of them against really shitty teams later in the year, but all sorts of chances uh, to keep getting better, to grow this confidence, to refine this offense, to find some answers for this defense. Uh, Miles Garrett been awesome. Denzel Ward been awesome. The defensive tackles have been really good too. Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon as we record this. Sheldon Richardson no practice Wednesday. Larry Ogunjobi no practice Wednesday. I am more than fairly confident that Sheldon will be good to go. Uh, 
I do not know about Larry. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm of the understanding that he was out on the practice field, which is a good sign. And we'll see. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, Greedy Williams has gone through practice and then hasn't played. So you never know. Larry did leave the game, I believe, really in the third quarter last Sunday. Um, he's a guy in a contract year that's playing his butt off. And uh, they need him. Um, you know, the Colts run game, the rookie, Jonathan Taylor, big and fast. Uh, they also use Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. Um, Phillip Rivers is their quarterback. The uh, the receiving core has been ravaged by injury, and T.Y. Hilton has not been on his game. I mean, this is a guy that was a true number one receiver. Uh, by the stats, he's not even the Colts' number one receiver uh, the last few weeks. So we'll see what happens there. They're going to use tight ends. It's going to be a different challenge. It's not going to be wide open like the Bengals game and like the Cowboys game. Uh, they're going to be deliberate. They're going to use three tight ends. They're going to intentionally throw to the running backs. Um and we'll see. Their obvious goals are going to be to to loosen up Hilton, to get him going, to block Miles Garrett, and I think to play keep away. You know, they trust in their defense. Um, the key stat this week, the Colts have allowed 56 points all year long. The Browns scored 49 last week. The Browns have scored 30 in three straight games for the first time uh, since 1968, I believe. So we will see uh, what happens there. Going to get to a couple Asking Jackson questions. Subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. Uh, our Ted Wynn, Ted Wynn our uh, film guy, um, did a breakdown on why he thinks Bill Callahan is the offensive MVP of the Browns to this point. Uh, my colleague Jason Lloyd wrote about Baker Mayfield, what we still need to see from him. Uh, I did the first quarter report card. I did an update on the running game post-Nick Chubb, uh, what, you, what you can expect to see from the likes of Dearness Johnson. Uh, we've written about Wyatt Teller and that offensive line and all the praise that they're getting. Um, a couple of Askin Jackson questions. I don't know when you'll listen to this exactly. There will be an Askin Jackson written mailbag at some point this week. Um, Nick asks, is kicking the tires on, on Earl Thomas worth it? You know, Nick, I would say let's let's vis- revisit that in a couple weeks and see where the Browns are and see how they play, uh, specifically next week against the Steelers and then maybe even in their second round. Uh, with the Bengals. I mean, the safety thing is, is a huge deal. Carl Joseph had those big plays against Washington, whereas he been otherwise. Um, Sandejo had the big play in Dallas. He's gotten torched uh, going back to week one. They didn't even bother to cover guys in some cases, so we'll see. But I think the fact that nobody has done the Earl Thomas dance to this point tells all of us on the outside, not tells you, not tells me, uh, that the rap inside is pretty bad, and I'm not sure anybody wants to do that. Question from Josh. The Browns have been so much improved with the penalties this year with no offseason. How has Stefanski improved the team's discipline in such a short amount of time? You know, great question, Josh. Um, first, and this is not to discount the job that Stefanski or, or anybody's done. They're not calling holding in the NFL. It's it's historically down. Um, so you, you got to figure that's maybe not a mandate, maybe an unwritten thing. But the offensive line has just played great. Um, you know, Wills had the couple of false starts, I believe, in the Washington game. You know, he's been really strong. He's been better than I thought, and, and really, I, I think, any, better than almost anybody thought. Let's just be honest. For a rookie who had no preseason and, uh, you know, had never played left tackle before. But I, I just think a more basic system, smarter players, better players, to start with. And look, the Browns have played downhill. I mean, 
catching these, getting these turnovers. And credit to Joe Woods for that because we know he's not working with very much talent in the back seven outside of Denzel Ward. Creating the turnovers. Miles Garrett's been a big part of that. Then cashing in the turnovers. I mean, that is the ultimate simple winning formula in the NFL. And if you do that, you'll give yourself a chance to win every single week. But when you look at these gaudy rushing numbers, 200 yards a game, eight yards a carry, um, you know, leading the NFL in takeaways, things like that. You play downhill and you stay out of third and 12 where you hold, right? Where you have to go illegal hands to the face, um, where bad things tend to happen. So, you know, uh, I, I, I think this, this offense can get better in the passing game for many reasons. And, and a lot of those reasons are just time and reps. And we, we saw the big Odell game. I don't think it's the last one. Uh, we know Jarvis is Mr. Reliable. The tight ends were more involved. So uh, as I scroll through these questions more about the penalties, and, and I just think um, smarter coaches, smarter players, a better game plan, and the circumstances have been kind to the Browns. And that's not going to last for 16, but you go out and make your own circumstances. And I'll, I'll just say this, uh, without looking at film, without going into any jargon, if you keep seeing Wyatt Teller block three guys on one play, you see the fullbacks and the tight ends blocking their asses off and guys running behind them and the Browns play with the lead, then you're going to continue to see good things happen. It's going to open up everything the offense wants to do. It's going to serve as the closing role. Um, We talked with Kareem Hunt via Zoom on Wednesday morning, and he said, I'm healthy. I'm good to go. So, um, you know, he certainly wasn't 100% last week. We'll see where that goes in terms of this week and into the future a groin injury for a running back and it's extra alarming on some level because it's him because he had that's the where he had the core muscle surgery you know just 14 months ago um but you know he's got to go up to 17 18 20 carries 25 touches maybe so he's got to be healthy for that and we'll we'll see uh you know how how that goes um you know they had a real clear running back rotation in terms of Chubb started Got the bulk of the work early. Cream would occasionally play on a third down, maybe a first down on the third or fourth drive. And then in the second half, especially, again, going back to playing with the lead, you know, they were able to mix them up and keep guys fresh. So credit to Dearness Johnson for coming in and running for 90-some yards. Uh, For Hilliard called up from the practice squad, he can catch passes. So, you know, I think they can incorporate the short pass a little more, and I think they'll have to to keep the Colts honest. But, you know, the big matchup is DeForest Buckner on the inside. Against the Browns guards, Batonio and Treader against the or center Treader, Batonio and Teller, uh, I should say. DeForest Buckner has been super disruptive. The Colts traded their first round pick to get him. They extended him, and um, you know he's he's been doing that. Darius Leonard is a freak of a linebacker, um, covers a lot of ground. You know they've drafted some corners, um, some safeties in recent years, and those guys are playing really well. So. Let's be honest, one of their wins, they just rolled over the Jets, who are god-awful. Um, they beat Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is is struggling. This was before Minnesota discovered Justin Jefferson. And then last week, they beat the Bears. But the Bears have a good defense. It was a grinder. Um, I love Phillip Rivers. I don't think Phillip Rivers wants to play 42, 41 games anymore. I don't think, especially with this receiving core and with no Paris Campbell, that he wants to chuck it deep, I think. The Colts, I think both teams want to control the clock. I think the Colts want to be a little bit conservative. I, I think my my main concern, um, other than not having Nick Chubb as you size up this game, 
would be using the tight ends and using the running backs, specifically Naheem Hines, um, to really hurt the Browns, extend drives, things like that. And then um, we'll see in the fourth quarter. I think it'll be a close game, and I think you know both offenses will have to make plays. We'll see how that goes. But, again, it, for all the warts and for all the head scratching and who's covering anybody and how is nobody covering anybody on that play, if you force turnovers, and then especially if you score on them, you can win. Enough of just me. Let's dive more into this game, a big game, Sunday at 425 at First Energy Stadium. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. As promised, we go west to Indianapolis. I bring in my very talented counterpart, who spells his name incorrectly, but otherwise does a great (laughs) job covering the Colts. He is Zach Kiefer. Um... He and I don't go way, way back. We go back a few years. Zach, we were just talking off the air. Um, you know, there's ties between these teams, and there's not much distance between these teams. But they really don't play each other that often. Um, and then, you know, neither team was really on the radar in terms of the big boys even just a few weeks ago. Um, and maybe it won't work out that way. But this is a really big game on Sunday. I'm pumped for this one. For a couple of reasons, and we can get into this later, but the Browns are lighting it up on offense, and the Colts have not played a particularly good offensive team, and the Colts have the top defense in football, and they've got all the numbers to back it up. But I want to see how they do against this offense. And secondly, secondly, you're right. You know, the Colts have not played the Browns very often in the last couple of years. I feel like I've made a million trips to Pittsburgh, um, but not many to Cleveland. So I'm excited to see the Browns. And, hey, they're 3-1. and one. No one's talking about the Browns, but – they're pretty good, right? Well, I mean, in Cleveland, the parades are planned. But ah, um, God, I love Cleveland. Yeah, no, offensively, they're really good, Zach. And I would say this. I know that Phillip Rivers is 57 years old, and he's not the guy that he used to be. But if there's a defense he can feast upon, it's this one. So, um, Why is that? <laughs> they're just not covering anybody. Now, I will say they've forced some turnovers. They've scored immediately. 
they have played the last three games. They have played with the lead for, I don't have the exact percentage in front of me, but for most of it, uh, when they have run it right at people, but they lost their best running back. One of their best players, one of the best players in the league, um, speaking of being off the radar and Nick Chubb, but you know, they still have a great offensive line as do the Colts. Um, they still have a really talented runner in Kareem hunt. And we saw the big Odell Beckham game last week. So um, I, what, what is the stat? The Colts have allowed 56 all year. The Browns scored 49 last week. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, but let's let's put that into context. And I don't want to take anything away from the defense because they're playing lights out. But they did it against the Vikings in week two, who were horrendous. They did it against the Jets, who may or may not be an NFL team in week three. And, and Nick Foles was terrible in Chicago last week. So they've done it against mediocre to below mediocre teams the last three weeks. I want to see him do it against a real team. I think that's what Sunday offers. Um, but the Colts defense, it's the best I've seen this team play on that side of the ball in, in probably 10 years. I mean, this is such a weird thing for us in Indy because it's been so quarterback offense driven. It's Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. It was basically just if the defense is mediocre, you're fine. And Rivers is old and he wasn't good in Chicago on Sunday. And he missed a lot of easy throws that NFL quarterbacks cannot miss. And they're banged up at receivers. So Really, right now, the defense is carrying them, and, and the defense is probably good enough to carry them this season. I just don't know if they're going to be able to win that game. They're going to need to win with the offensive side of the ball. And, and Rivers said, look, if we got to go get 35, we'll go get 35. I don't know if I buy that. I haven't seen that yet. We'll see. But it'll be interesting to see how they fare. You know, the Colts offensive line is good, but I think they might have taken a step back this year. I haven't seen it yet. Now, I know they just played a really good Bears front, but uh, I'm excited to see them against Miles Garrett and the Browns front because that unit, um, from what I've seen, has been just killing it. So the Colts made the draft trade that they made to get DeForest Buckner because they thought that he was the piece to take them from a pretty good defense to a really good defense. So, so far, is, is that what's happened? Yes, and then some. He's been better than expected. Monster. And, and look, Colts have never had a Pro Bowl defensive tackle in their 36 years they played in Indianapolis. They just never had one. They've always had edge rushers and, and studs, maybe in the secondary, the linebackers. They never had a three-tech that's this good. He changes everything about this defense. Um, you'd make that trade 10 times out of 10. Um, let's see, just scanning the numbers, I saw, Zach, they, the Colts were averaging like six-point-something per play in the first half and, and under five in the second half. But I have to – guess that part of that is circumstantial, right? They, they've just ramped down the last two games as, as they've been playing with big leads. Yeah, and, and another move they made in the offseason that really makes them look smart now is they drafted Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin in the second round. And at the time, we were all like, what are they doing? They have Marlon Mack. It doesn't make sense. Now, they didn't know Marlon Mack was going to go down in the second quarter of the first game with an Achilles and get lost for the year. But it's a really, really smart move. Taylor has just come in and been really good. Now, he's not the best running back in football, and he's still got a ways to go. But, I mean, he's a guy you can rely on. So, you know, they've, they've had the lead the last three weeks. They've had to basically just run it in the second half just to kill the clock. They've been up by so much. Um, they've, got, they've got a couple backups, the Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, that can move the chains a little bit. But Taylor's the featured back. The questions I have are at receiver. They just haven't been good. T.Y. Hilton has been okay but he still hasn't gotten back to his old self. So, you know, at what point, if the Browns want to win, do they make Phillip Rivers beat them? I'm not sure he can. We haven't seen him win a game from that position yet this year. 
Um, that's going to be fun to see. Like you said, he's 57 years old. He looked 57 in Chicago on Sunday. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting to me. Um, you know, the, the Browns just kept scoring at will on the Bengals in week two. And so the Bengals had to fling it and really, and Burrow kept doing it. A lot of short passes mostly, but it was spread out, run around and fling it. Uh, last week, you know, the Browns led by 27 in the fourth quarter before things got hairy. And Dallas is just spread out and fling it. And that's what they do anyway. I mean, they would love to get to Zeke, but they have those talented receivers. Whereas I think this week it's going to be a little different in that the Colts are going to use three running backs and three tight ends, you know, partly because they are banged up at receiver, no Paris Campbell, no Michael Pittman. But isn't that what they do? Don't they want Rivers to kind of, you know, throw more six and seven yard passes than 16 and 17 yard passes? 100%. And, and you hit on a really good point. That's Frank Reich's offense, right? It's, it's not going to be one area of the field where they really go after you. They're going to try and do it with every piece of the offense, the running backs, the wide receivers. And the key thing you hit on was the tight end. So, look, Frank Reich loves tight ends, I think, as much as any coach I've ever talked to that's coached in football. I mean, he was in San Diego with Rivers when they had Antonio Gates. And they've got another guy that's coming up. And I wrote about him this week. He's a college basketball player named Moali Cox. And and he's really coming into his own now as a Colts tight end. He's in his fourth year. He's really tough to guard. He's quick. He's got the biggest hands you've probably ever seen from a football player. He makes an NFL football look like a Nerf ball. Um, he caught a touchdown in Chicago last week. He leads them in receiving yards. You know, and they've got Trey Burton back, and they've got Jack Doyle back. But we talked to the OC, Nick Sirianni, yesterday, and he's like, look, I don't care that those guys are back. That's great. We still got to keep feeding the ball to Mo Alley. He might be a breakout star this year. It looks like that in the early going. I don't know how the Browns are going to do. You know, I don't know how the Browns defend the tight end, a guy that can – he's really good in the blocking game, and he's, he's becoming more and more of a reliable threat in the passing game. So if I was talking to the Browns defensive coordinator and players this week, I would be like, watch out for 81 because this dude can sneak up on you, and they're going to throw to tight ends. It's just a staple of their offense. Browns haven't covered a tight end since their championship year in 64. So that will be uh, interesting as well. Um, Zach, even in a non-COVID year, four games is four games, right? And getting crazy ahead, thinking anything, especially with two teams that are obviously, you know, have strengths and, and have players, but, but have warts. All that being said and considered, I mean, this is a game that frankly could determine the last AFC playoff spot three months from now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy to say that. Um, and that's why this game's going to be so much fun because, look, there's another playoff spot available this year. The Browns are going to have a tough time getting in, and I'm not saying they're not qualified, but the Ravens aren't going anywhere. The Steelers are undefeated. Um, and on the Colts' side, the, the Titans are still 3-0. and They haven't played their fourth game yet. So we'll see how that all plays out down the line. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if this has major implications. And um, how fun would that be if we got to see these teams play Sunday and then maybe play in January again? One, a, a, a Browns playoff game would be amazing for the entire league, especially the city of Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot's happened since we stood on those practice fields in Westfield last summer and watched the Browns and the Colts practice. That was when we still thought Andrew Luck was going to be the quarterback. Right. And the Browns have had a lot of personnel changes as well since then. That was 14 months ago, Zach. That was <laughs> 25 years ago. You're wrong. Yeah, well, that, that's what we do here. All right, so the Browns can't win their division. I mean, unless the defense just suddenly has a pulse outside of Miles Garrett, 
right? The Colts can win theirs, right? Which would which would open the door to, to a possibility of a round two. For the Colts to win the division, what needs to happen? I like Tennessee. I know they're dealing with the COVID nightmare right now, but let's remove COVID. I just think Mike Vrabel's done a great job. They're just asked to play. Like, that's what the Colts players tell me in the locker room. Every time they play the Titans, it's like, gosh, they're just so tough everywhere on the field. Um, that's, I think, going to be the division. It's going to be Tennessee and Indianapolis. Houston's dealing with their own nightmare down there with Bill O'Brien. They're 0-4. As great as Watson is, I don't think they come back from that. Jacksonville is out of the picture per usual. Um, so I think the AFC South comes down to Indy and Tennessee. The biggest question going into the season for me was the Colts defense. They absolutely collapsed last year in December. They gave up 500 yards to Jameis Winston one week. They gave up a perfect game to Drew Brees the next. They got carved up by Minshew in week 17. They fell to 7-9. to nine. A lot of people forget the Colts were 5-2 and two to start last year, and that's with Jacoby Brissett, who isn't very good. They upgrade to Rivers. He's been a slight upgrade, not a huge one. Um, the offense is the question mark, and, and, and the defense has answered my question, and the offense still hasn't. Um, they're banged up. I get it, but they haven't beaten anyone good, and they're going to see Green Bay in November, and they're going to see Baltimore in November, and that's really where we're going to see if the Colts are pretenders or for real. But, look, you know, we can't get to that game soon enough, but Sunday is a game that absolutely, for me, feels like a big one. And I think the Colts know this too. I think they have started to hear that, look, you guys have won some games. You haven't really beaten anyone good. And I know the bears were three now, but come on, you know, um, I'm not buying that. So Sunday's a big one. It might have playoff implications. It's fun. Um, and I'm excited to see if they can stop the Browns. Cause from what I saw from the Browns game in Dallas on Sunday, they just scored at will. And I know the, the Cowboys don't really play defense, but it's going to be fun to see if the Colts can contain that speed they have on the edges. Yeah. I mean, what we saw last week among other, I mean, the Browns ran for 300, but there's a reason that they forced the ball to Odell Beckham, right? Because even when it doesn't work, like you just needed to work once and he changed. Yeah. Um, Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, I'm going to throw out a couple names here for a point of reference. So part of the reason I am so familiar with Jonathan Taylor, the Colts' new running back, is that a year ago, Joe Schobert, who was then with the Browns, uh, told me, like, this guy is a freak. Like, test off the charts. When he gets to the combine, people are going to fall in love with him. He's big, he's fast, he's whatever. The Browns let Schobert walk. Um, you know, they have a weakness at linebacker. The Browns also let T.J. Carey walk, who's not a frontline player. but love T.J. Carey. Yeah, he can play any position in the secondary. The Browns have a huge shortage in the secondary, and TJ Carey has two interceptions for the Colts. So just tell me about him and in, in, in the secondary as a whole. Yeah, so that was my biggest question mark, and, and I had a lot of reasons for it back in August. And a couple things have happened. So Xavier Rhodes came over from Minnesota, and he was bad last year with the Vikings. I mean, this was a guy that was one of the best corners in football like two, three years ago. He was bad last year. I watched the tape. 
he's been really good this year. He's been playing angry and he's got two interceptions. And, and so that shifts right into TJ Carey. He's got two interceptions as well. One of them is a pick six. I mean, on top of being just an awesome dude to talk to, he's a guy that's really versatile. He's been playing in the slot when Kenny Moore gets hurt. He's been playing outside. Um, he's been great. Uh, Rocky Sin, Kari Willis, all those guys in the back end, a rookie named Julian Blackman, who I guarantee you'll see on Sunday, make a play. This is a kid that had an ACL tear nine months ago in the Pac-12 championship game. Everyone's like, why'd you draft him in the third round? He just took Malik Hooker's job, and I don't think Malik Hooker plays another game with the Colts. I'm sorry to say it. The Ohio State product just, I mean, he, he lost. He lost his job to this kid out of Utah. But all of that being said, the secondary has been awesome. The reason, a huge reason, is the guy up the middle. It's DeForest Buckner. He is changing the way they play defense. He's commanding double teams. He's getting that interior pressure on quarterbacks. We've seen it week after week. Kirk Cousins gets in his head, starts throwing balls downfield into double coverage, triple coverage, interception. Sam Darnold makes a great play early, nearly gets killed doing it, doesn't want to do that again, throws in a double coverage, triple coverage, gets interception. I mean, they've had seven turnovers in the last three games, all of which have been interceptions. That doesn't count the two safeties. they've. So Buckner is the engine behind this defense and a huge reason why the secondary is starting to make play after play because 99 up the middle is forcing quarterbacks into really, really uncomfortable situations. So if the Browns don't have that interior pass rush handled, that's going to be a huge problem. And then you're going to start to see Blackman and all those guys in the back end make moves. And as for Jonathan Taylor on the ball, First day of camp, I look over and I see 28, and I'm trying to get the numbers down. And I think, why they, why do they have a small linebacker wearing number 28? <laughs> I mean, he he bowled over a safety, and that's supposed to really hit this early in camp. And he kind of like bowled him over. And this was not a small safety. This guy's like six one, and I just thought they just they got a stud. I mean, he, he needs to improve with like his vision and stuff like that. But man, he's gonna look really good in a couple years. He just – some guys just have it from the first time you see him. This is one of those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Buckner, the Browns, both guards are ranked top six at their position by pro football focus to this point. The center, J.C. Treader, I think is two or three. So that that is a huge matchup, both for the Browns running and, and then obviously the Browns running sets everything up. But one quick thing on T.J. Carey, like you don't want him starting, but you just said it like when you need him, he can play and he can play play safety. He can play any corner spot. He goes in uh, a couple years ago. He, he'd lost his starting job. He went in the Browns needed him to cover Julio Jones. He covered Julio Jones. Like it's just that kind of player. Who's never going to get caught out of, he's going to get burnt, but he's never going to get caught out of position. Right. Yeah. You're exactly right. If he's your fifth corner, you feel really, really good about your corner group. And that's kind of what he is in Indy. And, and that's a huge sign. And the Colts fans know this about the improved depth on this team over the last four years. Like, Three years ago, nothing against T.J. Carey. He would have been their number one corner. He would have been their number two corner. Yeah. Now that he's number five, that just shows you how far they've come in a lot of areas. Right. All right, so um, the Browns have you know, really been good out of the gates, establishing the run, play action because you know they're going to run, um, you know, just, just kind of getting everybody involved and then, then feeling it out from there. So let's say the Browns lead by seven at halftime Sunday. You know, what, what will be the Colts – plan of attack and is Philip Rivers capable as he mentioned if they need to score 28 to win this game Sunday can the Colts do it I think they can I'm not sure they're ready to do it though um 
that's a good question you brought up if they're down they haven't been down really since since week one and they weren't really down in week one until they collapsed in the fourth quarter against the Jags. the question you brought up is interesting because this could be huge on sunday and no one's really mentioning it is how long are they willing to stick with the run because frank reich he gets ahead of himself sometimes and i think he outsmarts himself sometimes because when they stick with the run and they're really stubborn it works and it wears teams down and I mean, they went to Kansas City last year without a very good quarterback and, and basically dominated the eventual Super Bowl champs, sticking with this theory of you just run it until the, the other team gives up. That's what's worked for them so far, but they get away from it sometimes. And if they get away from it and they try to make Rivers throw the ball 35, 40 times, I'm telling you right now they're going to lose. So we'll see if the Browns can stop the run. If, if they can't, I'm going to take the Colts. If they do and they make Rivers have to throw it, look, he's going to put the ball up and there's going to be plays to be made by the Browns secondary. I don't care how good they are. Rivers just, I mean, you talk about a guy who lives on the edge. I mean, this guy just throws it up sometimes. And it's not the best ball security offense. And and I know for a fact Colts executives are like, this is what we signed up for. We knew this guy was going to make some great plays and we knew he was going to make some plays that make us want to bang our head against the wall. That's an exact quote. Um so we'll see. I haven't seen it yet from Rivers. He hasn't taken over a game. Maybe I'm just spoiled from having watched great quarterbacks for so long. Um, but he's just been average so far. He, it's just been a dink and dunk offense for the most part. And and if the run game has been their money, it's been their money card. And if they don't have that rolling, I'm not sure they can win just yet. Yeah, I mean, the Browns have found themselves in some third and fourth quarter battles. Um and I, you know, I, I'm a big believer in that. Now, most games come to that, but Baker Mayfield has only thrown six passes in the fourth quarter over the last three games because they. How is Baker them. doing? I feel like I haven't gotten a good gauge on him this year because the running base yeah, game well, is so good. Well, I think circumstantially, you know, he hasn't had to do too much. He was really good in the first last week. He has gone two games without turning the ball over, which you know snapped an eight-game streak with an interception, and, and uh, that is yeah. progress. You know, it, you lose 25, 30 practices in the offseason. You you remake everything again. Uh, it's not surprising that week one was a complete disaster. So we'll see. But uh, this Colts defense, especially with the secondary and, and with the ability to get after them up front, will certainly present a challenge. I mean, Zach, I think it's a little different this year with the COVID and, you know, fans not coming or, or the Browns, I think, will only have 12,000 fans. But you know this game means something extra to Eberflus and to John Gannon, right? Like, they really want this defense to show out back, playing back in Ohio. Yes. Yes, they do. And he'll never say it. Matt Eberflus hardly says anything. Um, I totally believe it. And I think the Colt, you know, we ask these guys about it every day, right? Like, yeah, you've got the number one defense in like seven top categories, but you haven't really beaten a good team yet. And look, Darius Leonard, you know, who – We'll see if he practices this week. Um, he's dealing with a groin, but he's like, look, it's great. It doesn't mean a thing. We don't want to be ranked number one right now. We want to be ranked number one in, in week 16, week 17. So that's their mindset. I don't know if they could do that. I think they'll be in the top five, but um, number one might be a stretch. But, yeah, I think they love the challenge. And, and I think I think Eberflus and, and those guys that have spent some time in Cleveland, there's a lot of ties with this game. I think it does mean something to them, especially – with the Browns coming off a game in which they put up 49. I mean, if they go out on Sunday and put up 11, the Colts are going to be puffing their chest out, right? Being like, yeah, well, you played a real defense this week, and, and here's what happened. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I'm not ready to make a game prediction. 
I got to know that Kareem Hunt is right. I got to know that the Browns are going to have Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, And frankly, as we record this before the practice week even really starts, we don't know. But I do feel confident saying this one's coming to the fourth quarter and the onus is going to be on both quarterbacks uh, to make some plays when it counts. Do you agree with that? I do. And I'm I'm in the same boat. Look, we got to see if Anthony Costanzo is going to practice for the Colts, the left tackle. And if he doesn't, how do you block Miles Garrett? Um, Like you said, and we'll see if Darius Leonard's out there, but I'm excited. Baker Mayfield versus Phillip Rivers in a potentially tight game in the fourth quarter. There's nothing I'd rather spend Sunday doing. And the winner gets to four and one. And then you really start making January plans when that happens. So, Gosh, if that happens in Cleveland, I would, I would love to see it. <laughs> we will see. He is Zach Kiefer. Follow him on Twitter. Follow all his Colts coverage. Uh, it's really crazy. To, to say non-sarcastically that this could be the first to two, but it really could be. Thank you guys for listening. As always, thanks for reading. Subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. We'll talk to you after Sunday's game on the next Civilized Barking.